Now, I want to read a devotional to you that I read some time ago. It's short. It just says, some people have a warped idea of living the Christian life. Seeing talented, successful Christians, they attempt to uh, imitate them. For them, the grass on the other side of the fence is always greener. But when they discover that their own gifts are different or their contributions are more modest or even invisible, they collapse in discouragement and overlook genuine opportunities that are open to them. They have forgotten that they are here to serve Christ and not themselves. Be like the Apostle Paul and say, none of these things move me. Few men suffered as Paul did, yet he learned how to live above his circumstances, even in a prison cell. You can do the same. The key is to realize you are here to serve Christ and not yourself. God does not promise us an easy life free of troubles, trials, difficulties, and temptations. He never promises that life will be perfect. He does not call his children to a playground but to a battleground. In the midst of it all, when we serve Christ, we truly discover that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And several weeks ago, God laid a message on my heart based on that right there that's just titled Battleground and Not a Playground. And so today, we're actually beginning a series called Spiritual Warfare. This series will probably even be part of Wednesday night some. But I want to just let everybody know uh, right here at the beginning of this message that it's what you cannot see with your eyes ever. It's the biggest threat to you, the biggest threat to your family, uh, the attempted threat at the church. The church, the bride of Christ. It's what you, you you'll never see it. You, you will, you and I, we get glimpses and we get manifestations of it, but we'll never really see it. And on this battleground that everybody, everybody's on the battleground. The difference is on the battleground, some people fight, some people watch, some people sit. And some people even surrender, sadly to say. But on the battleground, you have to understand you are on it. You are on the battleground. You are not somebody that knows about the battleground and you try to avoid it until you get to heaven. You're on the battleground. You are on it. And if you are not careful, you're not very careful. I'm going to use... A word a precious little boy used one time. If you're not extremely careful, you will spend all of your life on this earth actually playing like it's a playground instead of fighting and treating and preparing like it's a battleground. You know, God didn't save me and you to play. God saved me and you so we could fight. The Bible tells us that the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God to the pulling down a stronghold. So God uses all kind of strong, tactical wording in his word to let you and I know that we are to have a fighter's mentality because what's happening in, in the skies and in, in darkness in general, you'll never see it. So if you don't prepare for something you'll never see, with something that you don't actually understand how to prepare for, you will think, and I'll think, that preaching, I'm actually on the battleground and I'm not. Now, I want to go ahead and tell everybody, no real indicators right now, but I know, hey, hey, how about helping me with the lights, if you would, because I like it better like it is right now, but it's more productive for all of us if the light is on. And I, and I, I don't like... All of these lights. I'm going to be honest with you. But it's more important for me to be uncomfortable and you to hear and listen and focus 
than it is for me to be happy with uh, technical things. So anyway, you need to focus and pay attention today because if you don't, you'll leave out of here and say, well, you know, that's all right, or, and you'll go back to playing. If you're not careful, you'll go right back to playing. The scripture that you'll hear, hear a lot over the next, I want to say, few weeks at least, is out of Ephesians 6 and 12, and I'm going to read you two translations of it. Um, actually, it's one that you all know. I, I, I mean, if you don't know it by heart, you know parts of it. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, that means against people, but against principalities. And all of these things, listen, all four of these things are all different. But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, I want to read it to you again, if I can, out of the... I think it's the New Living Translation. And if you have that, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. And folks, the battle is, is here. It's always been here. In fact, the battle has been greatly increased since the resurrection and ascension of Jesus because the church was born, which you're part of if you are a believer. And it's been heightened. And Satan knows that any believer in any congregation or group that gets a hold of the battleground mentality in any group that, that understands that, well, you know, I can't fight this by going to church, and I can't fight this by listening to Caleb by itself, but I actually have to understand the only way I can fight against this battle that's ever increasing, the Bible says, is for me to understand about spiritual warfare. These things, spiritual enemies in dark places, you got to know that. But I want to tell you right now today, today, the battle is against our children more than you'll ever imagine. This is exactly why I'm asking everybody to do all you can to stay focused right now, all right? Because I already know how much the enemy has fought against this piece of mail before it ever showed up at 11.03 today. So, as, as much as he has fought and is still fighting me to deliver this, he is going to fight you and distract you to not hear it. That's another reason why we cut the lights on. Folks, you got to know what's going on right now, and I want to make sure everybody is almost squared away. All right? I know some things are unavoidable, <clears throat> and you better take care of things that are unavoidable, or they will have other ramifications than taking care of them. But I want everybody, again, you know, I'm not going to go through the phone thing again, but if you got your phone and you're tempted by it, shut it off, man. It will rob you right now. Shut it off, turn it over, silence it, whatever. Don't check the score. Don't look at the weather. Don't look at the time and all that. If, if what I'm reading you right now out of this book is not life and death to you, I, I would just take a moment and ask you to go and excuse yourself because you're not going to get anything out of any of this service today if there's something more important in your lap or in your pocket or beside you, okay? I'm telling you the devil's not playing, so I can't play today. And I'm about to just get out of the way for a minute and let somebody else just tell you how critical what's going on because I, I, I know that most church people don't know what's happening. I know that for a fact. But folks, our children is under attack because Satan, and again, I don't want anybody over 18 to get offended by this, but I do want you to wake up if you are over 18 and you're not alert. Satan knows that if he can lock it down with the children right now, he's pretty much got everything taken care of. Adults are lazy. We're set in our ways. We know it all, and we 
detest anything anybody tries to tell us that makes us uncomfortable or challenges us or, or convicts us or calls us out. So he says, well, look, I done got that group, and I'm speaking globally. I'm not speaking just to you. I'm talking about this is what the face of the earth looks like. So I want you to understand that children, good or bad, good homes or bad homes, it doesn't matter, man. Children are under attack. And there is an AFA article, which is the American Family Association, that I ran across. And I never read these emails, but the Lord prompted me to, to open this email and read it. It says, in July, the San Francisco gay men's course stirred up a hornet's nest when it posted a music video that said homosexuals were coming for the children of straight parents. The lyrics included, we'll convert your children, happens bit by bit, quietly and subtly, and you will barely notice it. We'll make them tolerant and fair. We'll convert your children. Somebody's got to teach them not to hate. We're coming for them. We're coming for your children. After receiving negative reactions about the video, the choir issued a statement saying it was done tongue-in-cheek. However, do the following stories make it sound like the perversity of the left is a joking matter? The Chicago Public Schools Policy Manual has now, in, has now issued gui guidelines for sexual health education which state schools that teach grade 5th and up must maintain a condom availability program. A recent episode of the Disney Junior Muppet Babies Children's Program included the male character Gonzo having his wish fulfilled, a dress to wear to Miss Piggy's ball. And I think that's really horrific because Gonzo was a drummer. Okay. To publicize its uh, solidarity with the homosexual community, Kellogg's released an, uh, okay, here goes the alphabet, LGBTQ focus centered together with pride. Okay, that's their target. Okay, the characters on the box include Tony the Tiger, Toucan Sam, Snap, Crackle, Pop, and others. The campaign are announced to kids, no matter who you are, who you love, or what pronouns you use, Kellogg's supports you. Uh, I could cite a half dozen other examples of children's programming promoting sexual uh, uh, deviancy and gender confusion, but I think you get the point. While this propaganda movement targets our kids, the following examples shows that some of America's most well-educated are already brainwashed. That's why I said about adults are pretty much toast unless you're baptized in the Holy Ghost. As Reported in July, and, and, and even at that, people are vague and naive, and the media has already intoxicated them. A report in July, a University of California medical school professor apologized to his class for implying that only women can get pregnant. Uh, the panelists on a webinar hosted by Harvard Medical School postgraduate studies used the term uh, birthing person rather than woman. The explanation posted for this switch stated that the panel wanted to include those who identify as non-binary uh, or transgender because not all who give birth identify as women or girls. So anyway, you know, I have to just try to stay with what I'm supposed to preach today. But folks, let me tell you, if you're not careful, there's already people here or online that's got this, this foolish mentality. Well, that's in Chicago or that's in San Francisco. And you know, that's real pathetic and that's pitiful. And that's why I believe it's still a narrow, narrow, narrow way and people have a form of godliness. People have a diluted version of salvation because whom the Son sets free is free indeed. I also think that 
um, it, it's worse than what anybody can imagine. And I knew a little bit about this, but I uh, watch, uh, keep up with a lot of uh, prophecy updates through a, a gentleman, a pastor by the name of Jimmy Evans. Him and his wife do a lot with marriage counseling. But in a video that I uh, watched this week, he explained more about how our children are under attack, and I don't want to paraphrase him, so I'm just going to share just about a three-minute or four-minute clip because I really want you to understand what I mean when I say our children are under attack because this is, well, we're going to play the video, but listen, what happens all the time here is people, when I make this reference a lot, people will listen to me preach year in and year out and they won't. People's not taking it serious now about the children and youth center. They're not. They're taking other things serious, but they're not taking this. They don't take church attendance serious. People don't take giving and praying and fasting serious and all this. But all of a sudden, they have a a, a hurricane prayer request. You know, I can't. And it's what I say all the time. What do you want me to do now? If the word would not help you, what do you think prayer's going to do now? Because you're rebellious. Listen, and that, that probably got a lot of people wondering by that statement. You mean you don't be, believe in praying? I believe it don't do you no good to pray if you're rebellious to the Word of God, folks. If you're not going to follow God's voice, which is His Word, His Scripture, folks, listen to me. If you're not going to follow His preached Word, then why do you think you're going to pray out of faith to God that wrote the word and spoke the word, you're not going to do it. And me or any other preacher with breath is not going to trump over what God has said. If you do not follow the word of God and believe what he said, you don't need to spend time praying unless you're repenting over being rebellious to the word and then maybe it'll do you some good to pray. See, a lot of people don't like that, but the Lord himself said, and we all know that... That even, even a sinner's prayer is not, God heareth not a sinner's prayer. So folks, listen, we got to wake up. And I'm telling you again, and we're going to play the video. Our children are under attack, and you've got to know this. And, and you can know it, but if you don't know it and you're not convinced and moved by it till it brings about a change in you, Oh, well, you're going to be wailing at the altar one day, and I pray things will change. Let's watch the video, please. And some of you don't live in California. Most of you probably don't live in California, but I'm going to say now, Laws begin in California that go through the rest of the nation. Uh, No-fault divorce began in California, which has devastated our nation for decades. And so this is a law that is coming to a place near you soon. Uh, there will be that effort to do that. And so this is it's called the latest moral outrage from California by Michael Brown. And I'm quoting now from the article. With so much happening in the news every day from the, congre from the congressional hearings, on our withdrawal from Afghanistan to the budget, budget crisis and more, it's easy to overlook some of the truly horrendous things taking place in our nation. But what California's Governor Newsom recently signed into law cannot be overlooked. It is nothing less than a frontal assault on parental rights, also hurting the very child, children, it claims to protect. As reported by California Family Council, this bill prohibits insurance companies from revealing to the policyholder the sensitive service of anyone on their policy, including minor children even though the policy owner is financially responsible for the services. These sensitive services include abortions, sexual assault treatment, drug abuse, and mental health treatment, cross-sex hormones, puberty blockers, and sex change operations. In California, minors can consent to all of these sensitive treatments except for sex change surgeries after the age of 12 under certain conditions and consent to abortions at any age. Perhaps you wanna read that again. Not a word is exaggerated, exaggerated or misreported this is exactly what the bill entails talk about turning the world upside down talk about calling good evil and evil good talk about undermining families but let's not think in abstract terms let's be concrete and specific 
Not only can your 13-year-old child make a radical, life-altering decision, such as having an abortion, without your knowledge or consent, that would be bad enough. But your child can use your family insurance policy to pay for that abortion. And when your insurance statement comes, there will be no explanation of services. In fact, your insurance provider can be prohibited from disclosing to you what your child has done, what your own child has done, and what your policy has covered. And this is now law in California. Should we feel anything less than outrage? And who gave the government such intrusive, potentially destructive powers? Your minor child can actually choose to get treated with cross-sex hormones and puberty blockers, drugs which can have disastrous lifelong consequences without possibly being able to understand the implications of what they're doing. And by law, you cannot find out about it. Your child doesn't have to tell you, the doctors don't have to tell you, and your insurers don't have to tell you. To say it again, this is an absolutely indefensible outrage. And that is only the beginning, folks. It's getting worse. And again, you know, Scotland County, little old Laurel Hill, Larnburg, Gibson, Wagram. Well, that, that's in California. And see, that's why the devil's been so successful with Christians. Because we dismiss everything. You know the only thing we don't dismiss? We don't dismiss if we get a cancerous report from the doctor. We don't dismiss if we get a foreclosure. We don't dismiss if our husband or wife tells us they don't love us anymore. We don't dismiss if we are told we're unemployed. We don't dismiss if our child comes home and says they're pregnant or they're, we, we know they're doing drugs. We don't dismiss those things. But when warnings and all kind of, there is, and, and I'm not going into other things that's going down right now, but there are things right now to ensure that children are, are pretty much done away with. And folks, listen, if, if, if we, the church, don't love God enough to love children enough, see, and, and my problem is, and I, God help me, would you say God help him today? Help me, Lord. God, I need help. You see, we say we get moved by abortion. I mean, some Christians do until it becomes a political issue. Well, you know, it's not really. Then abortion's all right. But we say we are moved by abortion, but when stuff like this, see, over time, we all get conditioned. And I'm telling you, folks, the more we watch and we get information from godless people, the more you are trained in your condition. And so many people, so many people have been indoctrinated by godless worldly people and we no longer see the harm in a lot of things that God says we ought to be spiritually mad because this is spiritual warfare and you're on a battleground as a Christian warrior and the devil is on the battleground thinking he's Goliath and there's not a David to ever show up and that's what God says it's time to change all that and so uh, some of the things that we're going to talk about during this series is how do I confront this whole issue what do I do and and, and I want to talk to you today about one thing there are many things, but I want to talk about one thing that is vital to being on this battleground and not only fighting for ourselves, but fighting for our children and fighting for the children of this community. And one is we've got to understand that you have absolutely got to have strength. I want to do a preacher thing. Say, I've got to have strength. You do. If you are weary and if you are worn out, and you are just drained and sapped all the time, then you're not going to be a warrior. You'll do good to pray over your meal or even read a little devotion in the morning or, my word, look at the YouVersion Bible app, Bible verse for the day. I mean, if, if you don't have strength, the devil knows you are nowhere near a battlefield, much less a player. And see, this is why we're putting all we can into youth uh, our students and our children right now because I know God in this church has already begun to raise up some Esters 
and some Daniel, some Meshach, Shadrach, Abednego, some Joseph, and some Marys. I know God has already begun to do a work in our midst, and this is why I'm not going to let up, because i got to have some people that's willing to fight with me. And a young'un ain't got no better sense than to fight with you, especially if their parent don't want them to fight with you. we got children that, you know, they fight a battle before they even get out of the house. So we're going to win, and we're going to fight to win. And I know i got some people in here that's not got my back today, but you got God's back today. Amen? Amen. Yes, you do. So what, what do you mean when you say strength? Well, the Bible says in Nehemiah 8 and 10, the kind of strength God's talking about and the source of it. You need to try to get this some kind of way today. The joy of the Lord, here you go. You know it, but you got to listen. The joy of the Lord is your strength. I want you to say that. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I want you to declare that. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. If you're around a brother, sister, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, an enemy, or a neighbor, I want you to grab their hand or their shoulder. If they're reeking with COVID, just grab their shoulder and say, the joy of the Lord is our strength. There you go. A lot of y'all, I look real quick, a lot of y'all know that somebody's reeking with COVID around you. Joy of the Lord is our strength. No, but seriously, folks. I've already read to you about Paul and Silas at midnight. Their backs were beaten. Their hands and their feet were in chains. And they didn't know if they were going to live or they were going to die. Now, I want to ask you today, what would cause a man or men to start singing praise and worship songs and hymns at midnight with that kind of thing that they just endured and that kind of thing that they're about to meet, which is the end of their life. What would cause a man, and I'll tell you what it is, it's knowing that I used to be a sinner that persecuted and killed and watched Christians be killed. But I met a man named Jesus that not only forgave me of that, but he forgot all of that and he saved me and he called me and he anointed me and he filled me and I'm walking every day of my life with that joy unspeakable and it's full of glory and sitting here at midnight I am full of strength because the joy of the Lord is my strength not a good night's rest not a V8 not working out, not eating right, not having a hot shower, but Jesus is my strength. And that's why I don't care what happens to my body. I'm full of the strength because I am full of the joy of the Lord God Almighty. That's how you can survive a battlefield and a battleground even when you've been beaten to death. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Jesus said in the 16th chapter of John, verse 33, he said, y'all, not y'all, but you're going to have tribulation in this world, guaranteed. You may not get your house paid off. You may not go now where you want to go on vacation anyway. You may not get what you want. You may never see what you want to see. He said, but I can guarantee you this, in this world, you're going to have tribulation. You're going to have it. You're going to have it in one way or another, and you're going to have it many times, several times. He said, but this right here, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer because I, Jesus said, have overcome the world. And here's your newsflash. The emphasis here is on I, Jesus. If I, Jesus, am living inside of you, then you are walking around, you're sitting in this church, you're online right now, wherever you may be, with overcoming power wrapped around you, coming out of you and on you because Jesus is inside of you and he's already overcome all the world. So tribulation is really a trivial thing to a person that's walking with Jesus Christ, folks. 
He also said, the writer of Hebrews in the 12th chapter, verse 2, this is another way you do this. Look unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Who, here we go, for the joy. He starts talking about the good stuff before he gets the stuff that me and you focus on. Who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. See, I love the way the writer emphasizes joy more than focusing on suffering. That don't sound like me and you, does it? You want me to give you a good example? On me. Deborah and Ed are my witnesses. Hey, brother, how you doing this morning? I'm doing good. I'm wore out, but I'm doing good. I'm starting to get my rest a little bit, you know. But I'm still tired. See, that, that ain't good advertisement. It might be true, but it ain't good. I mean, not when I read that joy, because, you know, being tired and worn out kind of is under the cross a little bit in my book. I don't know about y'all's. I mean, when I just compare being tired to nails and hanging naked in front of everybody and being whipped and thorns, I kind of think that tired just don't quite get there with that. But he said that Jesus Christ, that same Jesus I just talked to you about, we are to look to him because not even, not even acknowledging the cross, he, Jesus chose, hallelujah. Now this is where the Holy Ghost helps me out. I want y'all just to understand that. He didn't even acknowledge the suffering he was, too, he was too in love with the joy of what was going to come out of the cross to even give the cross one ounce of his time. He didn't give it no time. He was so looking forward to the joy that was going to come out of that whole sacrificial situation. And folks, I'm telling you, Jesus said that you and I need to look to him on a daily basis because he showed us how to do it. The way of the master showed us the way. You look to him, he did it. He did it right under the worst circumstance any man's ever known. And the Bible says he endured the cross, despising the shame, but now he has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He did what he had to do. But joy is where his strength comes from. And see, his burden, his cross, his passion, the Bible calls it, his passion did not outweigh or overshadow the joy that was coming out of this, the joy of seeing you sit in this church saved by his blood that was shed. See, he was looking forward. He wasn't focusing on, he knew about the whips. He knew about the crown of thorns. He knew about all that. That's why he said, Lord, God, Father, is there any way, any way I can get around this? And he said, but never mind, not me. I want to do what you want to do. So this is what I think Jesus did. He looked down through time and he saw Robbie and Sandra would be saved sitting here. He saw Billy. He saw Jackie. He saw Wanda Nelson. And I can call all of your names that are believers and you've been saved by the blood of Jesus. He looked and he says, oh, I can't wait till they meet me. I can't wait till they come to my cross. I can't wait till I'm able just to wash them whiter than snow. And that did so much for Jesus. That's what he focused on. And that's why he kept enduring the pain. He didn't care if they spit on him. He didn't care about the spear in his side. He didn't care about the whip because the joy of seeing you saved one day outweighed all of that. And that's where all his strength came from the whole time he was on the cross. And that's where you and I have to get strength from right now while we're on the battle.
ground. We've got to look unto Jesus because if you look to Jesus and what he's got waiting on for you, then friend, you can make it through everything and you can see your way home through anything. You can do this by looking unto Jesus and getting the strength from the joy of knowing that. But Jesus is not just taking care of us later. He's taking care of me and you right now. Look at Paul in the 15th chapter of Romans. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound by, in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So God's saying, look, you're not having to do all the work. You're not having to just be tough at school and have the bar up here while all your peers pass the bar way down here. You, you don't have to feel like you are out here and I'm just seeing if you pass the test of peer pressure. No, he says, I'm going to hook you up right now. I'm going to hook you up right now. In fact, I'm going to fill you with all joy. I'm going to give you peace in believing that you may abound by the power that I'm going to give you through the Holy Spirit. That's why we are praying. I've done it this week. I do it every week. I pray in both of those buildings. I pray in this church. I pray over the leaders. I pray over uh, every chair. I pray over all, and I'm not the only one that does this, but I'm telling you, folks, I'm praying that the power of God would be manifested in such a way that we would see we would see children and students and people walking in the power of God being so filled that it mesmerizes everybody around them. And this is one of the many ways God says, look, you're not just going to have to look to me to get strength to make it through this. He says, I'm going to help you out. I'm going to give you something you can't give yourself. Sure, you've got to look unto me. And you've got to let the joy of the Lord be your strength. But I'm also willing to give you some peace. I'm willing to fill you. And, and I, you know, you, you got to learn a song that some of you old schoolers might remember. you got to learn the song of all songs when it comes to joy. See, on the battlefield, I've got the joy, 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 joy. Where? Where? I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart. You know, I could roll it on right now, but I'm not. See, when the joy, devil doesn't like it. What does he do? Sit on attack? Yeah, devil. He sits on it, whatever. Folks, when you've got the joy down in your heart and it's there to stay, look, battlefield, worst day of your life, worst day of your family's life. I, I, I didn't know this was coming. We never saw this coming. There's something about that joy residing. That's why it is unspeakable because there's sometimes you can't even explain it. It's just the joy that comes from the peace of Jesus I read about that passes your understanding. And I'm going to tell you, and you have strength that nobody can understand. And something else the Lord has done for you and he's done for me and every believer that's, that's really truly called on him. The Bible gives us a hint of what it looks like. Right now, we think about this in terms of heaven, but you got to get some, you got to change your mind, folks. There's stuff going on for you right now, like I just read out of Romans, that you've got to just accept. And when you accept it, God says, well, that's all I've been waiting on is for you to accept it. Now, here it is, and your day's going to be different. You might be locked up. You might be beat to death. You might be chastised. But listen, folks, you're going to be able to sail through it because you allow God to give you what he's got for you and walk and live every day of knowing this right here. That God, Ephesians 2, 6, and hath raised us up together, see? He's raised us up together 
and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, you can go on and say, well, that's talking about when I get to heaven, if you want to do that. But I'm telling you right now, when Jesus got through with all of it and he went back to heaven and he sat down at the right hand that we've already read about this morning, he wasn't sitting by himself. When he sat down beside of God, you were sitting down beside of God because there's no way he can live in you here and he says, well, what you've got going on down there, is, it's a different Jesus sitting. No, ma'am, no, sir. It's the same Jesus living in me that's sitting down beside God. And when he made the Lord Jesus sit down beside him after he completed the work, you are sitting there now. And you're not sitting there fighting the battle to win on the battleground over our children. The battle, the victory has already been won. You are just there reminding the devil while we're on this battleground with our children and our families, we're just reminding the devil by showing up that, hey, it's already been done at Calvary. You remember that, don't you, uh, Satan, when he took the keys of death hell and the grave from you so I want to make it clear today you're not fighting to win you're not only walking in the victory of Jesus but praise be to his name you're actually sitting down in heaven with your arms folded and saying it is done you just got to show up every day of your life and remind the devil of that hey don't you remember when you were beat and that's why you need to walk in the joy that's why you need to understand you've got more strength than you you'll ever need and you'll ever use because it's the strength that comes from the joy of the Lord. And I've been yelling my brains out today, but I want somebody to hear me and I'm excited to be here in the joy of the Lord this morning with you. Yes. And I want you to stand up with me if you will. No, sit down, sit down, sit down. Sit down. I'm coming down here. After I go back up here. How many of you people believe? Now this is not just a, a question to get you to respond. How many of you believe that it's not too late for our children don't don't flatter me you don't believe it's too late I don't think it's too late I don't think it's too late for marriages I don't think it's too late for families I don't think it's too late for People that's worried about losing a house, a car, or your mind. I, I don't, I, it's not too late. Because the God I pray to is the same God that's not even limited by death itself. And we know just Lazarus alone proves that. So today, we've got needs in this church we got needs in this church and Eric if you would come up here please and Robbie would you come up here Mackie, would you, would you come, please? Ed, if you don't mind helping. Nelson.
don't mind? I'm going to ask you to close your eyes if you would. Father God, I anoint Nelson. He's your servant. He's your vessel. I pray you'd use him and you would anoint him. God, I anoint Mackie. He's your servant. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would anoint him. You would fill him and use him. I pray for Ed, God, that you would anoint him. In a way he's never been anointed before, Lord. And you would use him in a great and mighty way. I pray for Eric, God. He's your servant, Lord. And I'm asking you, God, would you make yourself known to him in a way he's never known you before, Lord. Fill him, anoint him, and use him. God, I pray for Robbie. And in the name of Jesus, God, I pray that you would do a work through him. God, that will astound anybody and everybody that knows him and don't know him. God, I anoint Rick because, Lord, he is your servant, your child, and I pray, God, that you would fill him in the name of Jesus, God. I pray this this morning. Nelson, hold that. In this room alone, there are known needs and there are unknown needs. And we need God to intervene. We don't need a touch. We don't, we don't even need a good service, folks. We need God to intervene. There's some of you in here that you've almost accepted that this is just the way it's going to be. It may not be you personally. It may be somebody in your family. It, it could be a, a classmate. It could be a neighbor. It could be a co-worker. It could be cancer. It could be salvation it could be an abuse problem an addiction problem it can be an emotional problem but I want you to know that on this battlefield there is still a flowing river of the power of God that can heal that can deliver that can set free and that can save the uttermost person that you know of and what God has laid on my heart all week long to do is to ask you to let God do what he wants to do. I want everybody to hear me. God wants you to let him do what he can do in your situation. You've got to do this, church. Madison, would you please come here also, brother? Madison, would you come, please? I'm sorry. And Nelson, if y'all don't mind spreading out uh, that way a little bit. I couldn't see you earlier, brother, but I was looking for you. And if you'll hold that. In the name of Jesus, God, I pray you would anoint my brother, Madison, in a way, Lord, that only you can anoint him and you would feel and do and use 
in whatever way you can and will right now, God. God, he's your vessel, he's your son, he's your child, God. And I thank you for him, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Every person, it doesn't matter what your need is today or what a need is of somebody that, that you know of. Only if you believe God can move. Because, see, God's let me know that, that he's been ready. One of the people he's been waiting on is me. But then he's been waiting on you too. He's been waiting on me to get to this stage. So I want you all to stand out of reverence to what God is going to do and who he is. And I want you to come, and I don't care if you have to get two or three or what deep. I want you to come and stand in front of one of these men with your need or needs and they're going to pray over every one of you. And if you don't, if, if it's not important and you need to think in terms of children, heaven, hell, and everything else you can think of, sickness, right now, everybody that has a need in this church, I want you to come and let these brothers pray for you. Hallelujah.
here, would you just go to God right now in behalf of every student, every friend, every child that's connected to this church, even if they've never come or never will come, I want you to pray over them right now as these are still praying. Father God, we bring every baby, every toddler, every preschool, elementary, middle, high school, and college student to you, Lord. We bring nephews and nieces, children, grandchildren, children that are like our children, Lord, neighboring children. We bring them to you, Lord. God, and we will arise every day of our life on this battleground, Lord, refusing to play, but Lord, we will remind the devil that we're going to walk in the joy of the Lord and we're going to do all we can, Lord, to lift these children up, to see them home to glory, Lord. Lord, to see them walk in victory right now, oh God. And God, we won't surrender. We give them. We give their parents to you, their schools to you, their friends to you, Lord. Their desires, we give them to you, Lord. Everything that Satan has intended for evil, oh God, against them. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we pray that you would turn it for good for your glory and your name's sake, Lord. God, I pray right now that conviction would begin to set in to those, Lord, who never really think of you or honor you, Lord. I pray a holy conviction would come over parents, Lord, about the welfare of their children, Lord, the spiritual welfare of their children. God, I pray that the Holy Ghost would begin, Lord, to deal in a strong, moving way, Lord, with parents and caregivers, Lord, grandparents, Lord. I pray, God, we would see that Satan is using everything from the government, Lord, and, every, and school systems to tear down and destroy our children, Lord. And God, we have to rise up. We have to rise up in spite of tribulation and, and, and things that we endure. God, we have to rise up and let the joy of the Lord be our strength to keep on praying, to keep on compelling, to keep on reaching them, Lord. So God, we call you today. In the name of Jesus. I know we don't have all of them here. I know Eric's here. And uh, Nikki's here, but Wanda, Maria, anybody else that helps us on Wednesday night. I know Billy helps us. You help us on Wednesday night. I want you to come down here. We're going to all pray right now together. Hey, technical guys, girls, everybody that's a part of Wednesday night, even students, I want you to come to, and children. Yes, yes, yes. I want you to come down. I want you to make representation. 
we are on a battleground and we're not going to play around letting the devil think we're just going to mosey on through this. And as you come down here, if you could just put your shoulder, if any of you brethren that are not part of this group, you would, you would just anoint some of these. We're going to pray, and you just put your shoulder on your neighbor close by you, or if you feel comfortable, their family or friend, you grab their hand. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we pray over every person that represents Wednesday night, Lord. It doesn't matter if it's in a classroom or on a, a milkshake machine or if it's holding a puppet, Lord, or preparing a snack or preparing a meal, Lord. God, it doesn't matter at all, Lord. We pray over every single person, God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, that a fighter spirit, Lord, a warrior spirit, Lord, would come over. Lord, you would pour out your spirit in a way, Lord, that pleases you, oh God, in the name of Jesus, God. Let it happen even right now, God. Help us to see the big picture. Lord, what we can't ever see. Help our spirit to understand that there's principalities working against us. There's, there's power that is working against us, Lord. So help us right now, Lord, to see it and understand it. And God want to retaliate against it, oh God. Help us to claim our friends and our co-workers and our neighbors, Lord, and our siblings and our cousins, Lord, whatever it is, Lord, whoever they are, Lord, help us right now to see that we're not going to give them up to society or to the government, Lord, or to a, a one-way-minded school system, God, that's perverted in every way, Lord. God, we are going to just give ourselves to you and let's see what you can do with us and for us. God, I pray that you would manifest yourself, baptize, pour out your Holy Spirit, God, in the name of Jesus. So we're filled, Lord, in a way that we see great and mighty things. Lord, you said in the last days you would do that. You would pour your Spirit out. And, Lord, it be poured out on our sons and our daughters, Lord, that they would prophesy, Lord, that the young men would see visions, the old men would dream dreams. And, God, I really believe this is the day of salvation. God, I believe this is the day you want to baptize all over again, Lord. I believe this is the day, God, that you have made. And, God, right now, with what you are doing, we're going to rejoice and we're going to be glad in it, Lord, because we are a part of the solution, Lord. We're not going to be part of the problem. God, we're going to be part of the solution. And God, we pray right now that as hell is trembling, God, because people's made a stand today, Lord, and people have stepped out in faith, believing, God, that we can do something, Lord, instead of talking about it or posting about it. God, we're posting it right now, and we want hell to know our status has changed, Lord. We've updated our profile picture today. We're now a warrior on the battleground, Lord, and we're not going to give up, Lord. We're not going to surrender. We're not going to watch, Lord, but it's in you we live and move and have our being, and we're going to represent you today. God, we're going to give you our all. Lord, you're going to be our first, Lord. We're going to be, hallelujah, Hallelujah, walking in the strength that comes from the joy, Lord, of knowing that you live inside of us. And God, we give you praise today. Let's do that, church. Hallelujah. 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 How many of you believe that God is doing it right now? I believe God's doing it. I believe God is doing it. I believe. Lord, when we leave this place, when we leave this place, oh God, the devil will try to do what he does, and that's kind of sweep this under the rug and tell us it was a temporary moment in our life. Oh, but God, help us, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Help us, Lord, to remind him every moment we can that we're not playing around. We're not messing around. We're going to go out fighting. When the trumpet sounds or when you call us, Lord, call for us, we're going to go out swinging, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that no weapon that's formed against us will ever prosper 
or prevail. And that includes any type of pressure or peer pressure. Now, God, let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. And all God's people said, Amen.